Hey everyone, welcome in to Ball Down South Sports Wave. Um, tonight we're going to do our weekly pick six and no fly zone segments. This is week six already. I have both Johns with me, John Hammonds and John Roberts. Um, John Roberts is also known as Drink Local Beham on Twitter. Um, y'all might know him as that. Hey, the two Johns, how you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing fantastic. All right, man. So I've got a <clears throat> pick six topic that's kind of been inspired by Mike Leach this week. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but Mike Leach has been asked a question after the game that was funny uh, about weddings, and his response was um, quite hilarious. And then on Monday, he was asked about his top five items that he would take for a tailgate. And uh, his choice of drink was listed as a Bloody Mary. Um, anyway, there was a couple other things, sunglasses, a TV. There's a couple other things on there. But the way he did it and the way he set it up was pretty funny. So our pick six tonight, we're going to do our top six items that we would take for a tailgate to a game. So. Uh, John Hammonds, you've been going to some games. Have you been doing any tailgating? No, not this year. Uh, I did some a couple of years ago, but we've kind of slowed down because, you know, it's fun and all, but it's a, it's a lot of work to put together. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta reserve certain spots and we just, we haven't had the time to really do it the last couple of years. Are y'all gonna? Got any, try to do you got again. anything planned for one of the games or something this year? Or no? Um, not really, not this year. We might do some some next year. Um, but I, I love tailgating. It's it's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of work in it too. So right. All right. So how do y'all want to do it? You want to start at six? You just want to name your six? I'll just name I'll just name my six. So all right. Um. Well, you got to have a grill. Um, and fuel, um, some coolers and ice. Um, I guess, I guess I would bring Michelob Ultra. Um, you know, that's my choice there. Um, you gotta have Michelob, you're a Michelob guy. Yeah. All right. Um, you gotta have the seven layer dip. That's a plus. Um, you know, then I've seen it at a few tailgates is the pigs in a blanket. And the ham and cheese sliders. Um, the ham and cheese sliders are, are a must. But the biggest must that I always tell people is you gotta have the bratwurst for a football game. Um, true brats? True brats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be like true brats, right? Yeah, you can't just have the, just the regular old brats because it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna do nothing. There, there's a complete different, um, Beer brats? Yeah. Yeah. True beer brats, yeah. right? I like the true beer brats, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was my, all my five, but, um, you gotta, you gotta have a flag too, like the team flag. Team flag. Yeah, you gotta have that. You gotta or have a, tent, a little bit. Or a team tent. Yeah, you gotta have a little bit of everything and, <clears throat> And you even have to have some power, portable stuff like a generator when it's cold, right? Um, because there's 
there's some games where you go and it's going to be cold. And well, you're which, naming a lot more than six, but here I'm going to say, I understand you got to have all that stuff. I was just, what, oh, you, I know. I was you just, know, your I top was six, what, what would be the most important things for you? Because, yeah, you're right. You probably got to bring about 15 things to really do a, a, a um, good tailgate. I would say the bratwurst, um, you know, beer, that's two. Um, trying to think. You got to have a football. That's three. Um, throw a football around. Yeah. Um, a live stream television, most likely. Yeah. Um, to keep up with the other games while you're watching, um, while you're tailgating. Um, I think that's four. Yeah. And I would say a, a first aid kit because sometimes them guys get a little drunk too much and they can <laughs> you, party a little bit you too gotta much. Have, you got to have your grill too. So you, that, that's got to be numbers. You got to have your grill. That's five. <laughs> um, let's see. And then you need a designated driver. I think if you're planning on throwing a real big party, um, <laughs> either that or you just don't drink during the game. Or you just don't, yeah, unless you don't drink during the game. So, um, that's, that's my six. All right. I went on a tangent there, man. I just, you got to have a lot of stuff, man. Like you got to. You do. You do. And I agree. And it was, I don't know if you've seen the question with Mike Leach and heard the answers and stuff, but he's just kind of a really odd and funny guy. So he kind of inspired this. Uh, drink local BM. What's your top six items that you're taking for your tailgate? All right. So I don't normally actually tailgate when I go to these games. I mean, we're not the ones that are putting it together. We're usually, if we're going to go, you're joining a tailgate. Be, there, there may be one that we join in, but it's yeah. not necessarily one we put together. But right, right. I got if you. we were to do one, yeah. um, obviously your grill. Uh, yeah. And then I'm just going to say your assortment of meat that you're putting on the grill. So whether that's brats, dogs, burgers, whatever. Right. Steaks, um, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know. Um, Got to have, you know, TV and whatever necessary to power said TV. Right. So, so that's three. Um, right. Um, Got to have tent. I mean, about... Mm, Half to three quarters, especially down here in the south of the games, it, you, you kind of want to find shade somewhere. Right. It's still going to be pretty hot. Yeah. Especially the first month of the season. So you definitely want to have something where it's, where you can find relief from, from the sun or from the heat right. during the day. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, piggyback off of John on one of these, uh, uh, football. A football. Be able to do something kind of, yeah, toss around something to kind of do while you're standing around. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, your your assortment of drinks, you know, for for me on a being out there. I mean, look, I'm gonna be a a a craft beer type person when I'm at home or kind of hanging out or whatever. But when I'm out, you know, doing something like that, it's gonna be. You know, we're probably going to go into like the Miller Lite or something like that. That's my choice right there. I'm a yeah, Miller Lite so, guy. That's what so, I am. I mean, we can we can easily easily do the Mick Ultra. We could do the Bud Light. <clears throat> Miller Lite's usually the the one that I'm grabbing. If yeah, if it's a 
if I if I'm bringing the beer, I'm bringing Miller Lite. Right. So that's the that's. <laughs> So, um, I believe I probably hit six on that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think that was six. Uh, so those, that, that's generally, you know, like I said, each one of those things, you know, has some form of, you know, there's several other things that are attached to it, but those are the key items, you know, right. I, would, I would be going for. Oh yeah. I mean, you got to have plenty of coolers. Right. Yep. And you know, you might want to have some soft drinks in there too to make kids come right. by or you know. Oh, yeah. And uh you know, you know I, I do work for a bottling and distribution, so uh it will be it will be from where I work that we bring some up. bottled waters and some soft drinks yep. and you know. Yep, yep. Maybe a Gatorade or two in there. You know. So you oh, gotta you got to have some of that, and I agree with John. You got to have your meats and all that, but you do got to have some snacks, you know. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like those little sliders he was talking about, or pigs in a blanket, right. or yeah. Um, yeah, you know, anything that's a finger food, something like the that. finger you food dip, where you the seven layer dip and stuff. The, the least amount of uh, uh, using a utensil, the better. <laughs> and then you can't forget. To bring that really loud mouth friend of yours, you know. Oh yeah. You know, to to like start yelling at the other team or yell, you know, yelling about the other team or you know, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna and, uh, we're gonna kick everybody's and, butt today or whatever, you know. That's right, and you you uh, <laughs> and he, he comes already, you know, four or five sheets to the wind already. You know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. John Hammond, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just thought that would be kind of a fun little topic to get into. So uh, we'll move on to our no-fly zone. Try to be a little bit more serious with this one. Uh, so college game day is going to Kansas this week. Um, first time they've been there in, I, I know, at, at least 13 years, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's TCU in Kansas. And college game day is going there. Are you fly or no fly on that? Are you with college game day going to this game this week? Roberts, John Roberts, I'll, I'll hit you first on this one. You know, I'll go fly on this one just because of the, the look, it ain't been there in a long time, and you don't know when they're going to be this good again. So might as well hit it while you can, you know, right. go there, be able to spread, you know, spread the love going to uh, – to going over to Kansas, but I mean, but honestly, if you're looking at the schedule, there's not a ton of just appealing games. I mean, there's there's definitely the the Bama and A and M, and with A and M having a couple of losses, it just doesn't feel like. And then the spread being as big as it is, it just doesn't feel like what it was when. What's the spread on that game? Have you seen it? Uh, let's. I feel like it is three touchdowns. Let's let's take a look. Uh, Bama by twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, that's a pretty big so, spread. Right. So. Yeah. Um, that so that it, it's it, it's lost its luster. That one right there. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that I would that if you're going to even attempt to go to. I mean, look, Washington State's four and one. USC is undefeated at five and zero. Oh. I mean, you could go to. 
Los Angeles to Southern Cal, you could also go to the other school in Los Angeles. UCLA. UCLA is, uh, I believe they are undefeated. Yep, they are. They are. They're, and they're Utah. They're, they're hosting Utah. Uh, so number 11 versus number 18. Right. In, uh, at the 230. And then the only other game would be uh, Tennessee at LSU is something that would be worth. But because it's an 11 a.m. game, by the time they're doing their picks at the end, yeah, there's not going to be anybody sitting there. They're all going to yeah. be in the stadium. So it's not going to it's not going to be worth it unless they put the. Uh, I know LSU the, snuck uh, into the top twenty-five this week at twenty-five. Right. But I'm still not right. sold and that that's a college game day game this week. I'm not. Yeah, like I said, it's that, these are the only op- these are the other options that were like if you're going to have something to go against. The, the Kansas TCU game, like these are these are the other options. And well, TCU's really not, TCU's coming off their games. big win, so you know. Well, they, I mean, they're all coming off of big wins. I mean, you know, T, TCU's had a couple of them back to back that were pretty. Big. Well, I, I agree so, with that, but then, beating scoring fifty five yeah. on Oklahoma is a, you know, I mean that's right. A, no, not something that you do very often. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, that is a that was a. That was a huge win. So, all right. So, John Hammonds, are you fly or no fly on college game day going to Kansas? It's a fly. I think you know with the way Kansas is playing and how they've come into the season, you know, undefeated. So, I'm gonna give this a fly. All right. I mean, it's a five and zero, oh, and I think I mean, TCU's undefeated too, right? They hadn't been beat, right? Correct. They're four and zero. Oh. Yeah, they're they're undefeated. Yeah, this is okay. this is seventeen versus nineteen. Right. So, and I mean, I was thinking with, they were with, undefeated, but they've had a bye week, so they're four. Yeah, and with, with with a couple weeks ago, where we were, you know, fly no fly on the uh, on the, you know, ranking Kansas in the top fifteen or in the not in the top twenty. You know, that was something that we did a couple weeks ago, and now you know, right, and you know, continuing to win, you know. We'll, we'll stay on the uh, uh, on them being on, you know getting game day so right on the fly on yeah. this one right yeah all right so uh, about three weeks ago me and John Hammonds did one of these and done a Texas A and M topic so we're gonna go back but this time I'm going to Jimbo Fisher all right so um I think that Jimbo Fisher's leash is beyond this year. I think that no matter what happens this year, that he'll that he'll be there at least for the beginning two, three, four games of next year. Are y'all fly or no fly on that, John Hammonds? I'll start with you on this one. I think it'll be a fly. I think his leash will uh, be for another year. But you look at. Um, his predecessor, Kevin Sumlin, they have the same overall record through the exact number of games through, through fifty-three games. Right. Is it the same, or is Jimbo Fisher like a game or two behind? It's the it's the through fifty-three games. It's it was the exact same. And yeah, then, it, they had it, an article about it today, and it was October fifth. So that's today. Yeah. And yeah, it's through fifty-three games. It's the same record. 
And then Kevin Sumlin won five straight games after that before he lost again. So he was like 42. They're, they're 37 and. Problem the is, is this buyout that Jimbo's got. Yes. So I was going to get to that, but go ahead. If you know what the numbers are, go I ahead. Believe and say it's, it. I believe it's 88 million. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a lot to just. Okay. So the highest buyout ever where a coach has been fired has only been 21 million ever and his buyout is 88 million dollars and even next year his buyout's like 77 and the highest buyout ever where a coach has been fired was 21 million dollars So what, what, I mean, what kind of pickle is Texas A&M in here? That's what I'm saying. They're in a pickle, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's unreal. I mean, you know, I think his leash is at least to next year. And, I'll say this. And maybe if, beyond that. If they do fire him, though, that's a $90 million payday. Yeah. And he's, well, I mean, he's probably going to be okay. Ed, Ed Orgeron last year, when he got fired, is the third highest, and he got eighteen million. You know, I gotta say this: he had one good year. Um, he won he won those ten games, I think, during the COVID year, and he lost to Alabama, I think, that year by what was it, twenty eight or something? Right, you talking um, about Fisher, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he they beat North Carolina in the uh was it the Orange Bowl, I believe. Um It was a New Year's six, I know that. Yeah. Um and they'll have three losses after Saturday night, so there's no uh doubt about that because Alabama is looking at last year for revenge after a game that they should have won last year. Right. Um so and I, I there's a lot of people saying Texas a and going to hang in this game Saturday, but they don't have the offense to hang with Alabama. I don't think so um, either. And, and you've seen what Alabama did with the backup to Arkansas. Um, they got an even better backup in Jalen with Bryce Young. Um, the backup to Bryce Young, he's right. just as good as Bryce Young is. I think he's a better runner than Bryce Young. Um I wouldn't say he's a better passer, but he's a better runner, I think. And Texas a and going to have a hard time Saturday. And, and if he has those three losses, I'm trying to see. It says here that he's – if he'll if he has three losses after Saturday night, then I don't know. Something that said something about – Kevin Sumlin, I, I can't remember. It was in an article today. Right. Um, said that he would have a better record than Sumlin would, or Sumlin would have a better record than he would if he lost to Alabama or something. I can't remember how well, it went. But, yeah. But anyways, um, so, but, but for him to do what he's done. But you're still yeah. on board with thinking his lease is at least till next year. Yeah, it's till next year because you know he's a lot of these kids are freshmen, the ones that he got with this NIL deal. Right. And you know he's pro probably trying, and a lot of them guys don't don't see the field. Some do, 
But a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't even see the field until their sophomore season. So I'm going to give him um, the fly, and I'm I'm just going to say he gets one more year on. He might even get two more years. But you got to think, though, Jimbo Fisher is his own boss. Um, you know, I don't think he even has to report to anybody. He does whatever he wants. It takes his A&M. He's got, he's got full reins. Um, like I said, if they, if they do fire him, that's a payday that's coming to Jimbo and he's going to probably going to be set for life. Yeah, absolutely. John Roberts, what do you say? Is this a fly? Oh, it's definitely a fly and it is solely because of the money. All right. And you guys are talking about 88 and whatever. That's like if he got paid like right now. Or right. 95 if he got paid. Yeah, that's right. Right now, yeah. 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 So at the end of the season, if he were to be fired at the end of the season, 88, or it was 85 million, or 85 million, 950,000. Right. Okay. At the end of 2023, it's 76, 800. So 76.8. Uh, end of 24, it's 67.55. And it just, it, I mean, it goes down. It's about what nine or so million each year because that's about what he gets paid every year right because he's he's signed you know a contract that's basically about nine and a half to ten million dollars a year right it it goes down that that much each year but what you're not really ever talking about is the moment that he's fired he is owed i think in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 million dollars like almost immediately and then within like the first 60 days, he's owed like up to, I think, $60 million, like within the first 60 days. And then he's paid um, monthly until, you know, for like two or three years. So like all of it, he'll get all of it within by like 2024, 2025. Right. Or no, he's paid out. He's paid out to the end of the contract, so it's till 2031. But he gets, you know, a pretty darn big check, you know. Within the first 60 days. Month. Yeah, yeah, the first 60 days. So he's he's set just within the first 60 days. Right. So. Um, and again, the highest payout ever was $21 million. Right. Where and a coach has he been would have He would have more money than that in his first 60 days. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what's the 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 craziness and so while it is uh you know while there is still deep pockets in Texas with oil money and everything like that I just don't see them paying that much money to go away unless well, he does something you know, so if they get so if they get beat by Alabama next week and they fall apart and lose say two two of the next four after that, mm-hmm. then what? Do y'all think he gets fired this year or is he still going to be there next year? Still going to be there next year. That's what I think too. Yeah, I think he's still there. But the, I mean, like for 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 A and M, like the the biggest thing is this is that they are paying, you know. A hundred million dollars for an eight and four t- for an eight and four coach. Hundred million dollars for an eight and four coach. And that's basically Gus, what he is. Gus nearly broke the bank at Auburn. Eight and four coach with like what forty five million dollars? I can't remember what it was. It was something yeah. like that. So yeah, that's a. I mean, 
he's getting paid a lot of money to be very mediocre. He can win the recruiting battle, and that's great. But if they can't win on the field, then, I mean, he's not going to last much longer. They they just won a big recruiting battle last week uh, over Oklahoma and a bunch of other schools with a big um, five-star kid. Um, and Oklahoma thought he, thought they had him. And he, he right now he's picked Texas A&M. So, yeah, and again, know. I mean, again, it's just it's, – it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it, he he's doing all the right things, I guess, getting everybody in, but it's just whatever it is, he's not getting them to perform on the field. Right. All right, so we're going to go to the next topic. The next topic is, so there's been a lot of buzz <clears throat> about whether or not the top teams – out of the when we go to the 12 team playoff in a few years whether the first round game should be played at home stadiums and home sites for the top teams and i'm on board with that and i just want to know are y'all fly or no fly with the top teams getting home home games i'm the first i'm round? fly with it um you know that's the beauty of college football you know is these on-campus games, you know, the environment. I think a lot of times that's what separates it from from the NFL, really. Because um, you get all this emotion, you get all this – the environment's completely different from the NFL. Um, that's why I love it so much. And I was looking at the bracket, the mock bracket or whatever, if it was a 12-team playoff today. Right. Um, could you imagine a game in January – in Kansas, at Lawrence, right, in the middle of basketball season. Yeah, I mean, and the fans and the crowd and the home crowd would be going absolutely nuts over that, and it would be such a fun environment. I think. Here's so, the mock draft. If if the season ended today, Kansas would play Penn State, the eight nine game. Um, Coastal Carolina would travel to Georgia. Um, Ole Miss would go to Michigan. That would be an exciting game right there. Right. Um, Lane Kiffin going to the big house in the middle of winter. Right. Um, and then you got Tennessee going to USC. Um, that would be a big game. That would be a big game too. I that would think. be a huge game. With yeah. USC's offense against Tennessee's offense, that would be who who would score last. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I, I'm with it. I, I like it. You know. It gives these teams that not really have an opportunity to make the playoffs to get in there and, and do a little something, you know, like Coastal Carolina in there, um, you know, which I think Coastal got a New Year's Six a couple, was it during the COVID year, I think? Right. Um. So, but, yeah, I think it's a good thing that this is happening, and, and, I, and I like it. Everybody don't like it, but I think it I think it's going to work out. Well, the reason why I'm asking this question is there's been some talk that the um, people that's putting all this together is saying, well, maybe they shouldn't have it at the home sites. But I actually think that that's um, one of the big pluses to even have the 12-team playoff to begin with for college football and the, the excitement and everything. Um, 
the home crowd and the excitement and everything. I mean, I think that's what makes makes it so much so special, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. drink local Beham. Are you on board with that? Are you fly or no fly? Oh, I'm definitely fly with this one. Um, yeah, the the atmosphere of of an on campus, you know, bowl game or on campus playoff game would just be huge. And it didn't really matter for whatever whatever school, whatever town that was hosting it, it would be huge. And then of course it would create such an advantage, a home field advantage, you know, for the uh for that team. Um to have the home field, you know, to, to be at home during these games. And I mean, that's the thing about the, uh, you know, the postseason of college football is that it's not on campus right now. And it's one of the only places where you don't, the only times where you don't have on campus. I mean, basketball doesn't, but baseball's got on campus. Right. And a lot of the, uh, a lot of the other sports have an on-campus at least round or regional or something like that where there's something that's on campus before they move it to you know a neutral somewhere site. else right right yeah and there's there's nothing for football and there's nothing like the home field advantage the home crowd i mean can you imagine just any of these like what you would call the tough environment you know uh, just going into Death Valley, right? Right. Either one. I don't care which Death Valley you're talking about. Going into Death Valley at night, you know, for a bowl, you know, for, for, for a playoff game. Right. Or, in the, in like January the 10th or whatever. You know. Right. Right. And then, I mean, imagine an SEC school going up into the big house, you know, right. for, a, for a December game, you know? Right. I mean, that's, like that never happened, but you'd have you would get to experience it, you know. And, and it would just be so much fun for college football if they will keep yeah, it, it would, that way. It would, yeah. So instead of it being neutral site, NFL stadium that's a dome, so that you don't have the elements, you don't have, you know, whatever, and then because it's neutral site, it's Tickets are 50-50. It's very corporate feel. It's like the Super Bowl. You know, you don't get that, that real, that, that raw emotion of the crowd uh, that you would get. You would have an electric crowd if you had a home game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, so, I think it's yeah. a no-brainer myself, and I can't believe that some of the um, – 10, whoever they are. I can't remember who they are right off the top of my head. Um, yeah. And I can't believe that they're kind of balking at that idea right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's dumb. Somebody wants to make money, put it at a neutral site, have some massive corporate sponsorship and whatnot. You can still have massive corporate sponsorship, just put it on campus. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's a college so, football atmosphere. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what makes it unique. Right. So. All right. So our last topic, I'm actually going to throw a bonus discussion in at the end, but our last no-fly zone topic, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and California is being pursued by the Big Ten. And 
my question to y'all is, is that those four schools best move to go to the Big Ten? Are you fly or no fly on them joining the Big Ten? Mm, I think fly or no fly. I think Oregon has always wanted to dominate the Pac-12. And I think this is their opportunity. You know, they, they've done it in the last few years, but they've had, they've had competitors. You know, they've had USC. They've had, um, on top of my head, Washington. Um, last couple of years, Utah, Utah, U- UCLA. Yeah. Um, I think this is a grand opportunity for Oregon to, to, put the notch into that conference and I think them staying in the Pac-12 would do wonders for that program you know maybe the recruiting isn't there like it is in the SEC and whatnot but at the end of the day I just don't I don't fly with this because I think USC and UCLA it's a good move I think but a team like Oregon that has been under them as of you know, before they got the recruiting, the, the facilities, I think it's a, it's a bigger move for Oregon to stay and make themselves the top dog in that conference. Right. So, yeah, I believe that's a no-fly for me. All right. John Roberts, what do you say on this one? Are you fly or no-fly that that's their best move? Going to the Big Ten. Actually, I think I'd be I'd be more for it, and the only reason that that I would be you know kind of going against what John was saying is because <clears throat> that you know you're going to be the top dog in an, a very forgettable place, like nobody's going to ever watch you. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, the, they're in, in the, the Pac-12 kind of behind them. They, so unless they rework their media. Right, steel. Right. Oregon is not going to be on TV um, in the right time slots. They're not even going to be on any sort of you know channel that anybody gets because they'll be on the Pac-12 network, and nobody will ever watch that because nobody gets it. So uh, <clears throat> the the only way that they would be on TV is being Pac-12 after dark, you know, and that's. That's it. And I mean, the Pac-12 just won't probably won't even exist anyway. So it will be Oregon versus Boise versus Fresno versus, you know, like all that. And and it's just it's not a great it's not a great fit. So here's Uh, I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to throw this out. So Oregon, one of their biggest rivals is Oregon State, Washington. One of Washington's yeah. biggest rivals is Washington State. You know, right. um, and if they leave, I mean, you know, what happens to all that? You know, I mean, it's just, it really changes the whole landscape of college football. Well, I mean, so Oklahoma's, one of their biggest rivals is Oklahoma State. Right. And that's going to the SEC. That series is going to end. Yeah. Really soon. So. Unless they want to play a non-con, you know, one, which several SEC teams play a bunch of ACC in their, you know, non-con right. rival, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, right. uh, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, Florida, Miami, 
Georgia, Georgia know, Tech. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yep, there's all of those yeah. ones that are that are uh, cross, you know, conference <laughs> rivalries. So, I mean, if Texas A&M and you know Texas and Texas A&M had they wanted to continue it, they could have easily have continued it. Same thing with uh, with with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. If they really want to continue it, they could. Right. So if you're talking about having Oregon go to the Big Ten and Washington go to the Big Ten, then they could easily continue their their conference or their their their, their rivalries with you know the, those respective schools, the Oregon State and, and Washington State. But like, what's going to end up happening is. Oregon and Washington are going to take off. Their attendance is going to go up. Their visibility is going to go up. So their visibility is going to go up, which is going to cause attendance to go up. They're going to be in a – I mean, the Pac-12 is, you know, they do have academics. It's really good academic, you know, conference. The Big Ten, you know, also just completely, you know, beats their chest with academics. They're going to be visible with – all of their sports because they'll have a you know a really good media rights deal they're going to make a ton of money off of said media rights deal like and they don't have to be good they'll just get a bunch of money just because they're in the conference well but to piggyback off it's a multi-billion dollar deal you're right about all of that you're absolutely right but to piggyback off of what john hammonds was talking about I mean, Oregon goes to the Big Ten. Where where do they fall in the, you know, in the rankings basically of the Big Ten? I mean, they they go from being a top one or two or three team in the Pac-12 to to hanging out at eight, nine, ten, maybe in the rankings but of but the Big eight, Ten. They're eight, nine. They're eight, nine, ten will still be better than being one for a know-nothing conference. I mean, look what happened to Nebraska, you know? I mean, when they went to the Big Ten. Yeah, but they were going in that direction to begin with. They weren't, they were, they were, they were on the downslide when they went, before they went to the Big Ten. I mean, yes. So that's, that one's not necessarily the same. Football changed and Nebraska didn't. That's what happened. That one did. But right. the but when you're talking about being, you know, the big fish in a tiny pond, or you know, being an average size fish in a you know in a large you know pond or whatever. I mean, look, they're they're going to be better. I mean, their team will be better. It, it's like having, it's like having Ole Miss, right? Kentucky. You can talk about Kentucky. They are not the best team in the conference in the SEC. But I bet you that they could whip almost anybody else out there, right? What in the Pac-12? Yes. Yeah, I think we could go okay. to the Pac-12. So you could do and, this, yeah, you could do the same thing with with a mid-tier Big Ten team when you get those schools in there that they would raise the level of competition in the Big Ten. And so mid-level Big Ten schools could whip ACC like the entire ACC apart from like. Top yeah. three or four, and possibly you know, possibly Florida State, you know, because it looks like Florida State's kind of going in that direction. Developing, so. developing news at this hour. I wanted to just kind of chime in here. Um, 
Will Levis is questionable to play Saturday night. Really? They just updated. Said he's got a lingering injury. Is it the finger? No, it's his ankle. I'm thinking. That was the other injury. From he he injured in the end zone. he injured it when he was going down for the safety. I think. Yes, right. that and the finger both happened at the same time. Right. So if he's not good to go, Kai Sharon, the the backup from Somerset will be the starter. Wow, that will be huge. Honestly, I mean, so it's, I, so it's basically a game time decision. Is what they're saying, right? Wow. So, all right. So, but it's South Carolina, so they they might be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's South so, Carolina, but um, you know, he's never even played basically in a college football game. So, yeah, and you're basically throwing him into the fire, you know. Yeah. So at least it's at home. It is at home. And it's South Carolina. And, and, and if we know Levis <laughs> and we know how tough Levis is, um, I, you know, apparently there was some people on the Hall of Fame board on the um, catch pause that said that Levis played today and he was out without the boot. So I don't really know what to believe. There are different conflicting reports, but right. um, I believe Levis will play Saturday. I um, think he will. Now, but I think they'll, they'll lean on the run game a lot more. Can he? Um, can he last? Does he take a hit and have to come out? Maybe. Yeah, that's that's the question. Yeah. Right. So. All right. So the the last little discussion topic that I wanted to bring up was the firing of Paul Christ from Wisconsin, and I'm going to read you a, a little bit of stats. Okay. Jim Harbaugh's record right now at Michigan is 66 wins, 27 losses. Paul Christ was 67 wins and 26 losses. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan has one division title. Paul Christ has three. In the Big Ten, Harbaugh won one Big Ten title last year. Christ has has zero. Their bowl records, Harbaugh's bowl record is one and five. Paul Christ's bowl record at Wisconsin is six and one. And then I'm going to throw this last little bit out. Bo Pelini's record at Nebraska was 66 and 27, the identical record that Jim Harbaugh has right well, now. Well, and Wisconsin was 6 and 1 in bowl games with yeah, Chris. Right. And, and the one loss that they had was a was a heartbreaker in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and 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 um Jim Harbaugh's bowl record is 1 and 5. Well, let, let me I'll say this about the whole Paul Chris thing. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they didn't compete with Ohio State um, in games that they normally do, and then and then they fell flat on their face against Illinois. And I think right, but that's like a what have you done for me lately deal. I mean, you know, they went two and three and looked terrible this year. I'm not going to say that they haven't, but I mean, my lands. That's five games into 90-some games. And Paul Christ has done an excellent job at Wisconsin, in my opinion. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there. 
Well, I heard in an article, um, I guess it was this week, they said one of the biggest reasons for his hot firing was he didn't make changes during the off season. Um, or no, he made changes, which he did, but they didn't, they didn't change into to success. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they got humiliated at home to Illinois. Um, you know, they had a bad, they had a last year was pretty disappointing as well. Um, You know, they, I think they started what, one and three last year. Um, and they, they got in a position to play in the Big 12 champion or Big 10 championship game, but they got beat with Minnesota. Um, so, you know, and they're expected, somebody said that Jim Lenhard was going to be their next coach. So I'm, that's, I don't know if that's true or whatnot, but. Well, he's named their interim coach right now. I think, I think to be honest, um, the biggest difference is the defense. You know, they lost eight starters um, to a defense. They lost some to the NFL, and, you know, that's hard to replace. And I understand that, you know, firing a coach that's been – that's had a really good record like Wisconsin has had and Chris has had. But at some point, you got to make a change. You know, I, and I, I understand the records – I understand what he's done in the Rose Bowl, but from a Wisconsin perspective, I think they're looking at it like, you know, we can compete with Ohio State in this league, and we're not doing that. And they didn't compete with them last, the week before last. They got dominated in a game that usually Wisconsin plays really good in. Um, and I think pretty much the, the, the final cat in the hat was when Illinois come into, Kent Randall and they humiliate them at home. Um, 30-4-10. So, yeah, yeah. And, and that pretty much. And to beat all, Brett, Brett Bellamia, Bellama was the former Wisconsin coach, and he beat them. How's that for a um, fi- final nail in your coffin? Well, and on top of that, so he is the has the second most wins at Wisconsin. And guess what his win total is? 68. Paul Christ win total was 67. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, I think the expectations are too high at Wisconsin. They're, it's, it's too, um, they feel like they can be in Alabama or a Georgia and it's there. It's just not going to happen. And I even saw on a Twitter, um, somebody had posted that they wanted to call Nick Saban. And I said, listen, I said, if Wisconsin calls Nick Saban, he's just going to hang up because he's not going. He's not going to Wisconsin. No, he's not going to Wisconsin. I mean, so drink be him. What, what's this, your opinion on this? Be real here. Well, I mean, doesn't this already mirror something that's already happened before? A school feels like they're ready to step to the next level. They feel like the coach that they've got has kind of gotten them about as far as that coach is going to get them. They've won some division titles. They've even won some conference titles. And then they made a change when it just didn't really feel like that that was the right. I mean, didn't really feel, you know, immediately like that they really needed to make a change. 
Does it sound like Georgia to you? Sound like Mark Rick? Mark Rick, yeah. Mark Rick is the second second winningest coach at Georgia with 145 wins. Had a he great had, had a great career. Had he won six Eastern Division titles, won two SEC titles. Right. Right. Okay. But he could never get him over the hump to get to that national title. Right. Right. And then, like, they kind of happenstanced into, into Kirby Smart because Kirby was taking the, the South Carolina job. He was on his way to South Carolina when Georgia fired Mark Rick and said, come home. Right. And then he stopped halfway to, halfway to Columbia, South Carolina, right there in Athens and said, yep, I'm here. And then that's when they got, uh, I think that's when, uh, South Carolina went down to Auburn and picked off their defensive coordinator, Will Muschamp. Right. And named him the head coach. <laughs> so it sounds well, like, it sounds like it's a Georgia. It sounds like it, it's, well, it's I mean, it worked out for Georgia. It worked out for Georgia. Yes. Because yeah. there was a coach that was readily available for him. But is there a coach that would go to Wisconsin and then could take them to that next level? A team that would, uh, 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 a coach that could turn Wisconsin from being just again, a 10 and 3 they're team. On, they're, they're on, they, they were on the Eastern Division or on the Western Division where they didn't have to, they weren't on the same division. I mean, again, like Georgia, Georgia was on the East right. where they had maybe one team they had to get through to get to, to even get to, to, to win their division. Like it's not that hard to win their division, you know, when the other side, the West or the East for, for, uh, the Big Ten's sake is Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. All three of those teams. Right. Okay. And you're talking about trying to contend with a team that that has to go through, you know, a gauntlet every year where they've got to face two really good teams, and your team doesn't have to face anybody until you get to the championship, and it's just a one-off. So is Lionheart is Lionheart the guy? Do you think he's the guy? I mean, I really don't know. I don't. He's know a Wisconsin he's guy. Great. Saban was not a was not an Alabama guy, right? You know, now Georgia. I mean, Kirby Smart played for Georgia in the late nineties, so he could. I mean, he was a Georgia guy, right? Understood Georgia, and you know, this guy understands Wisconsin, but he's gonna have to make that. He's gonna have to grow that brand. I mean, the brand. I mean, obviously, I mean, you're in the Big Ten. You, everybody knows who Wisconsin is, but he's got to make it more appealing so that he can get the five stars and make them on par with Michigan, with with Ohio State, with Penn State. Because even though Michigan and Penn State are not like the most amazing team. Well, Michigan's wins and loss to, they still have to, yeah. is, is basically identical to what Paul Christ has done. Right. And, you know, again – Paul Chris is going to show that he's got more division titles because he doesn't have to go through Ohio State or Penn State to win them. Right. Either. You know. So Michigan could go on the on the on the West and do the exact same thing and be in the 
you know, Big Ten championship game every year and still get their eyes beat out by Ohio State. Right. Hey, look at us, man. We won a division. (laughs) That's it. That's all you're going to do. So So does Chris get scooped up by a school? Do y'all think, like, does, does Nebraska look at him right now? I mean, I would think that he's he's going to get picked up by somebody. I mean, if not next year as a head coach, he's definitely going to be, you know, on somebody's staff. Well, yeah, I mean, he'll definitely be on somebody's staff. But I'm saying his numbers are, you know, are good enough that you would think he'd get another shot pretty quickly. Right. And, I mean, like, it seemed like with, there was a, at least one of those last couple quarterbacks kind of sounded like you were going to get, uh, you know, kind of an actual change in an offensive mindset, too, where they were actually starting to, you know, I mean, you had at Wisconsin, and it wasn't called Paul Chris, it was it was Bielema at the time that got Russell Wilson, right? Right. It was up there. And then I think there was one of these kids that came up through Wisconsin within the last year or so was – very much a playmaker type guy. Um, I think he got COVID and then got hurt or something like that. And I can't remember any, I think he got in trouble. Um, but it's still like maybe, maybe look like they might be, you know, changing, you know, morphing their, their offense. But I mean, you know, they're, they seem, very much like the old ground and pound, you know, big body, you know, not necessarily, you know, athletic type team. And I, maybe that's why, you know, where you had, you know, you weren't morphing your offense to be able to compete with anybody else. Right. So, who knows? So if he's not able to, if if schools and ads don't believe that he's going to be able to morph, you know, bring somebody in to morph the offense so that the school, you know, so that they can compete within whatever uh, conference that they're in, whatever school would pick him up, you know, he may have to be on somebody's staff as opposed to being the head guy right away or go drop down a level, you know, or. You know, something that's less than what Wisconsin is. Right. So that's you know, all right. Again, I, I, I just wanted to discuss it. I mean, you know, Paul Christ was a pretty big name this week that got they got fired and got let go. Um, oh yeah. And, you know, um, so I thought it was a topic worth worth talking about, and especially when I seen the numbers that were so identical to Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Um, and then the same numbers basically with Bo Pelini from Nebraska, um, several years back, you know, so, um, is there anything else y'all want to, is there a topic y'all want to discuss? I did look at some news while we were sitting there about the Will Levis stuff and he, he is right. They are saying he's questionable. So, yeah, well, I mean, again, that's your, your, you got a you, you you got the 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 perfect time to be to be questionable and you know if you're going to 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 have a game that you end up having to miss especially a conference game you know this would this 
would be it outside of maybe Vanderbilt. Right. You Missouri know, or Vanderbilt. Even then, you know, I mean, even Vanderbilt's got, you know, a really good offense now. And Missouri seems to be able to, you know, out-scheme the opponent and at least make it more interesting than it should be. Right. You know, they may not have the best players or whatnot, but they at least figured out a way to. Well, I mean, it's not a good week know, to muddle, be down on game, Missouri. Muddle the game up. It's like. It's like uh, K-State back in the in the Snyder days. I mean, they would muddle games up, and all they needed it to be was close in the end to have a chance. Right. Keep keep the score low. If the score's low, we got a shot. It's like oh, it's like Iowa now. Keep the score low. Right. <laughs> so. John Hammond, you got anything you want to add? Nope, I'm good, brother. All right, man. Well, I feel like this has been a pretty good show. I appreciate y'all coming on with me, and we'll wrap this up. We'll do our game day pickums um, and try to put it out Friday um, for you guys. And uh, we also have an interview Friday. We do. We'll have an interview that we're going to do. Um, his name is John Dunn um, Hammonds. You can probably tell a little bit more about him, but he's yeah, a he's a he's a beat writer for Tennessee, right? Um, we're going to speak to him about Tennessee and the LSU matchup Saturday and what Tennessee has to do to, to beat LSU. So that should be a fun um, interview. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we did one, we want, we did one similar with the Arkansas uh, game a few weeks ago. Um, we did Jacob Davis and did one similar with him. So we're going to do that again with uh, John Dunn about the Tennessee and LSU game coming up Saturday. So y'all tune in for that. That'll be on Friday afternoon, mid-afternoon. One o'clock, I believe. Yeah, we will, uh, one or two o'clock. I mean, we'll have to record it and then and then do it. But it'll be on around two o'clock or so Friday afternoon. We'll have it posted. So everybody kind of stay tuned. We got a few things coming up this week to preview um, this big week six that's about to happen. So uh, I don't think there's as many good games this week as there was last, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I mean, there's a few, but I don't think there's as many top 25 matchups. Well, the, nail, nail yeah. biters, the nice thing but, is that it's, they're not all concentrated at one single time. You've got one <laughs> good 11 o'clock game. One good, you know, your two thirty game. There might be one or two of those, and then you've got one or so kind of late night that's that's worth watching. And I mean, uh, so like you've got your your Tennessee LSU is the uh, is a is a uh, is an eleven o'clock game right out the gate. Right. Um, two thirty, TCU Kansas, right. Right. It's a good it's a good two thirty game. And then the nightcap, you get to watch uh Bama Bludgeon. Texas A and M. It's not gonna be a good game, but it's it's one to then It'll be a good game to watch, game. especially the first half to be into it because um Texas A and M so the last I'll throw this last little thing out. The last three times that Texas A&M has played the number one team in the nation, they've beat them. And two of those wins, and two of those wins is against Alabama. 
gotcha. The twenty twelve Alabama and last year. Yeah. Two of those wins were against Alabama. Right. I'm just I'm just here so that the uh to to see the bludgeoning so that we can get the uh the yell practice go viral. <laughs> just so we get to see what did they come up with for their yell practice and well, and then there's yeah, so there's it. also, you know, the whole little heated stuff between Jimbo and Nick Saban throughout the offseason with the, recruit, I, with the recruiting that battles. That's more, that's more Jimbo than Saban. I think Saban just brushes it off like he does. Yeah, yeah, it's more Jimbo. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but so, you know, you got you got a few little side things there, you know, with that game that, that makes it interesting to watch. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I just I think that's that's why I would want to watch it is just to see what kind of stuff, you know, one, I like watching Jimbo get beat. So um, it's it stinks that it's, you know, that you know, you're watching Alabama, you know, getting all the praise for it. But I love watching Jimbo get beat. I also <laughs> love, you know, again, all the different things about Texas A&M, you know, just getting beaten up for you know and i'm like all right i'm here for it so <laughs> <laughs> they're a good heel all right guys and 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 um john roberts um you know your, your game this week with georgia I, i'll be uh been trying to avoid it <laughs> you know I, I said swat about it yeah i noticed but before we got off here i had to at least say you know i'll be i'll be thinking about y'all when you play at georgia this week I I won't be. <laughs> See what I've what I've what I've thoroughly enjoyed the last several years. There's there's been several times during during this Auburn Georgia game that, that we have been out of town and in a point like in a place where I wasn't able to get in front of a TV to watch it, and I'm actually <laughs> thankful that I never saw it. And now, you know that game is is there, and it's like it's like I can I can turn it on and. But you're and not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. So it's, it's there. Well, I can't say too much. I mean, without Levis, we're going to be in trouble on Saturday, and Hammonds knows that. So, right. And I mean, like defensively, you know, we may keep it tight for a little bit, and it just depends on, you know, if we're able to contain Brock Bowers and their running game. I mean, we may be able to stop the running game for a little bit, but I just don't know if we're going to be able to continually take the pounding that they're going to give us. Right. And again, Brock Bowers, uh, McConkey, um, believe it's, uh, was it Wallace or the other tight end? I mean, I just, I think that we're just going to get just, bludgeoned and you may think that you can get Stetson Bennett but it's you know he's he just it, well he has the experience you, now you, you look you know and yeah he's got the experience and he's just he's just gonna do his thing and it's not a whole lot that we're gonna be able to do about it so just right yep <laughs> all right man I, we'll we'll end it with that i appreciate you guys being on with me um everybody listening we appreciate you guys being on with us and downloading and sharing
and uh, tell your friends about us, okay? Got a and, thousand, a thousand last time, right? Yep, we had a we hit a thousand downloads last week, um, early in the week actually. So um, we crazy. should be we should be getting close to two thousand soon. So.